We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thank you so much for making this part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I will be your host on this first Sunday in October. We are officially in October. September is behind us. Um, fall is in the air. It's feeling more like football weather in the mornings, at least. Um, it's truly, at least in Wisconsin, uh, very, very fall weather. Uh, at, as of recording, it is Saturday, and I got up and I had to go out at about 8 o'clock this morning, and it was cold, and so I had jeans on and a flannel, and by the time I got home, I needed shorts and a t-shirt. So, you know, fall in Wisconsin is in full swing where just you really don't know, just dress for all seasons. But uh, week, what, four in the NFL now? Packers 2-1 and one, surviving the Buccaneers in a low-scoring game like we like we talked about last week. So um, just getting a win on the road, always big. But Jimmy Gage, um, this week, back at home at Lambeau, 325. I believe the game's on CBS. Um, I didn't bother to check. Uh, but... Playing a playing the Patriots, and I mean, at this point, my personal opinion on the Patriots is they're living off of a 20 year legacy. Not that they're a bad team, but like this game, you know, well, the last time they came to to, to Lambeau was what 2014, and that was a big primetime game on CBS Brady versus Rodgers. Um, And you went into that game very nervous. I don't feel the same way anymore. Um, Mac Jones is not playing. You're playing a backup quarterback in Brian Hoyer. Not that Brian Hoyer is bad, but he is a backup for a reason. And, I mean, this Packers team, while there's still things to figure out, 
Um, this defense is looking a, a lot better um, from, you know, just from week one. At this point, I'm almost willing to say that week one against the Vikings was pretty much the same thing as week one against the Saints from last year. Nobody had played in forever. It was really a lot of guys' first action. They just weren't ready to play week one, and that's what it is. It's not uh, – it, it's it's nothing to say about the team moving forward. So I mean, Green Bay two and one sitting uh, sitting good, and some good news this week for the Packers injury wise. Um, David Bakhtiari he's going to play, and for the first time since he tore his ACL, does not have his, have an injury designation going into Sunday's game. So um, Jimmy, we'll start with you. I mean. The, the kind of the most interesting thing now is going to to be seen with Bakhtiari in this game against Tampa. He was on a pitch count. They kind of alternated drives with him. He didn't play the entire game. Now that he doesn't have an injury designation, is he going to play the entire game? Um, obviously, it's speculation at this point, but my, my gut feeling, and I'm going to bring this up a little bit later here, Jimmy, um, with somebody else is – I, you know, obviously he's going to play. I would continue to kind of do the rotation thing just because, I mean, it, it really feels like if you need Bakhtiari the entire time to beat this beat up Patriots team that isn't what it used to be, you know, that's probably not a good thing. But what do you expect to see from, from Bakhtiari on Sunday? Yeah, I. it's going to be interesting what they – to see what they do with the pitch count. Um, you could see with him not having an injury does, uh, designation that he does just play the whole game. Obviously, they're confident enough in uh, his recovery that they took that off. But another logical step is he played about 56% of the snaps against Tampa, bump that up to 75 this week, and then try to go to 100% the following week. Um, I really – having him back has been – Obviously fantastic for the offense. You've seen the confidence in Rodgers and that offensive line just having the staple staple back there. And like you said, going against a team that, albeit their strength on defense, probably is their edge rushers. Um, we did fine last week with having him only play 50 per, 56% of the snap, snaps against an arguably much better defense. Um, so I really want to err on the side of caution with him of just, he already re-injured it once last season. You might as well just take it slow. We've been doing that this entire time. I I wouldn't be upset if they just gave him 75% or if the Packers offense starts clicking and we're dominating, put Yash in there and just let him play the game because he's, again, a very dominant, or he's he's very a serviceable starter. I shouldn't say he's dominant, but he's a very serviceable starter. Um, I don't know. I, I, if I If it was my decision, I'd go having him still on a pitch count. Gage, and what are you thinking of seeing from Bakhtiari this week? Um, you know, Elton Jenkins has still been limited in practice. Bakhtiari was limited in practice all this week. So it's nice to have both of them back. Um, obviously, at this point, Elton Jenkins is, you know, playing from what we've seen, you know, the entirety of the games. But what do you expect to see from Bakhtiari this weekend? Do you, do you expect to see a pitch count again? You know, it's kind of crazy. I mean... I know that he was expected to retire in the last couple of weeks. At least that's what everybody on Twitter would have you believe. I mean, he was going to take all the money that Green Bay had paid him, and then he was just going to sit out, sit out, sit out, and then retire. So it's good to see that he's at least playing football again. Um, honestly, I don't know what I expect to see. I uh, have 
just I've given up on trying to guess what this team is going to do. Uh, I would have thought in the second half of week one, they would go man coverage on Justin Jefferson. They didn't do that. Um, we thought we thought David Bakhtiari was going to be ready for the start of the season. He wasn't. Um, Elton Jenkins came back and was playing right tackle. Yosh Nijman, we thought he would start in the playoff game. He didn't do that. So I, I don't have any prediction on what this team is going to do. I agree with Jimmy. I think that he should continue to be on a pitch count. Um, we saw that he worked well last week. Yosh is a serviceable backup, and I think that Yosh should be a starter. That's not the topic today, but it has been on topic on Packer Twitter this week, and I think that it needs to get more credence. I think that he has played extremely well, and I'm a big proponent of get your best five out there. Um, I don't know if he can play right tackle. If he can, great. Then you kick uh, Elton into uh, left guard or right guard or whatever. But I think that your starting five or your best five is Yosh, Elton, Debach, Josh Myers, and then John Runyon Jr. That like a combination of those five. I don't know the specific spots for all of them yet, but I think you've got to find a way to keep Yosh on the field. So if that means that you go with the rotation and then if you're up huge and you just say, all right, Bakhtiari, we're just going to bench you for the rest of the day. Just keep you healthy. No reason to get you hurt. We're up 30. We'll just go ahead and we'll call off the dogs and we'll let uh, Yosh continue to prosper. Um, that's ultimately, I think that they're going to continue to limit him. There's a reason that they're keeping his practice plan the way that they are, and they're being a little veiled about how they're going, like what their plan is with him. So I would not be surprised to see him continue to rotate uh, for at least this week, and if not, even more moving forward. Yeah, and I would I would tend to agree. Again, you know, it's one of those things. The Packers season is not going to be defined in week four against the Patriots at home. You know, really at this point, you want to slowly work him back to the point where, I mean, in a perfect world, I think where you'd like to have him, you know, at worst, you know, 100% ready to go is in what, like four weeks when they go to Buffalo? I mean, that would be the game where it's like if you – you know, I mean, because they, they shouldn't, in theory, need him to beat the Patriots. They shouldn't need him a full game, in theory, to beat the Giants. They shouldn't need him to beat the Jets, and they probably shouldn't need him to beat Washington. You know, that's that. those are your next four games, and then you go to Buffalo. So, I mean, obviously having him back on the field, getting him those reps is important, but you know, again, it, it's one of those things, at least in my mind, you know, it's the NFL. You don't ever want to take anything for granted, but Green Bay is better than all four of these teams they're playing these next four weeks. So, you know, winning, whether he's playing 100 percent of the snaps or 50 percent or 75, you know, make sure that he's healthy. Get him those reps, get him up to speed and have him ready for, you know, I mean, ultimately where you really want him is when you're making a push in the playoffs, you know, that would have been really nice to have him last year. In, against the 49ers and granted he wasn't healthy and they didn't play him and that was fine but I like to I would like to think that that game would have been a little bit different if Bakhtiari had been healthy and playing in that game so um so that's one injury update the other injury update uh Jair Alexander is listed as questionable for the game again I come back to especially with how much depth they have you know Rasul Douglas and and Eric Stokes should be able to take care of this game, especially without Mac Jones playing now. I mean, again, Green Bay's season's not going to be defined, Jimmy, in week four against the Patriots. I would say if Jair is anything shy of like 100%, just give him a week off, let him rest, you know, 
get them healthy. You know, your, your season's not going to be make or break right now. So, but uh, do you expect to see him play at all on Sunday? I don't. Uh, I think especially with soft tissue injuries, as everyone knows, those tend to linger. And there's really no point, in my opinion, to rush him out right now against a Patriots wide receiver room that is rivaling the Bears of probably the worst in the NFL. Devontae Parker had a great game last week. He's very talented. But again, he that was one week out of the season so far, if they can get that turned around. But with Razul or Stokes um, out there on him, I'm, I'm very confident in that. And we saw Kenny Clark missed a few weeks with a groin injury in the past. Uh, we saw one of the Bosa brothers, I forgot which one, just completely tore his groin, has to have surgery. Uh, that would be Joey Bosa. The other one, yeah. Uh, I would hate to see Jair go out there, mess it up even worse and be out for, for longer, uh, especially against a team like this that I don't like, like you said, pre-show, if we need Jair Alexander to beat the Patriots, we're not as good of a team or good of his defense as we thought. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing is, I, and I think it was, wasn't it week four last year against the Steelers that Jair got hurt and, you know, and he basically missed the rest of the season. Um, I'm willing to pass on him playing a game to make sure that he's not out for an extended period of time like he was last year. Now, they seem to do fine because Eric Stokes played well last year. Rasul Douglas came on. Um, but, you know, again, he's the highest paid corner in the league now. And there's there's good reason for it because he's if he's not the best corner, he's for sure top three. And, you know, again, you shouldn't need him this weekend to win. But um, Gage, just real quickly, your thoughts on on whether the Packers should be playing Jair this weekend? You know, I wish that I could provide some different analysis, but I have now agreed with Jimmy on two out of two points. So hey. I don't love that. Um, yeah, I think that Jair should be held out. However, I do want to say there is one issue with this Packer like defense, and it's corner depth. I mean, Keyshawn Nixon came in last week, played well. No doubt about it, but there, like this corner room is not deep. There is not a ton of depth. The secondary in general is not deep. We've uh, like we talked over the summer and then coming into the season about safety depth is an issue and trying to figure out who the third safety is going to be isn't great. And then corner behind, yeah, you have that top three, but behind the top three is not exactly the uh, like it's not a murderer's row of four like of of a fourth guy. There. They are a little thin at corner, and yeah, it does help that you're playing against a Patriots offense that doesn't have a great wide receiver room and also is going to be missing Jacoby Myers, who was announced as out earlier today. Mm-hmm. They're not great in at wide receiver, but you still have to have some corners, and right now Green Bay is getting even thinner at a spot that they're not super deep at to begin with. Um, so I don't love that aspect, and also... Do you guys think that there's any possibility that we just see Bill Belichick break out the strategy he did last year against the Bills? Oh, and just what? Run just the ball run. like 38 times and throw it four? Three. Don't three. don't give Mac Jones that much credit. He had three <laughs> throws. Three. I, could, I mean, think about it. You're going up against the Packer defense that just two weeks ago got ran on by the Bears in the second half. Yeah, the, the Packers were playing a little lighter. They were up big. They didn't need to like slow them down, but they they just got ran on you know that you could you can possibly run on them you have multiple running backs in your backfield why wouldn't you and like brian hoyer hasn't had a full i mean he's had a full week of practice with the ones but he's still not great take the ball out of his hands and just say all right 
you want to go ahead and you want to win a game, try and stop the run. I could see, I don't think he'll do it as drastic because obviously like a big part of that too is just the wind was absolutely insane that game. But I could definitely see a, a Brian Hoyer just having like 11 or 12 pass attempts that game. But the one of the best ways obviously to prevent the team from running is if this offense is clicking and we put up put up points quick and they can run the ball then take time off the clock but if we're able to even just bend don't break on that that strategy and just have them kicking field goals while our all our, our offense is is somewhat clicking and can keep up with that like that's fine i just don't think right now i don't i i think that's also banking on our offense struggling i don't think we're going to be doing that this week Another thing I wanted to check was um, I wanted to check DVOA, which if you guys don't use DVOA, it is a very good stat um, for it kind of takes out the context of like game script, like blowouts and stuff like that. And it gives you like a more accurate like analysis. Uh, Do you guys want to take a quick guess as to where Green Bay ranks in defensive DVOA against the run? Oh my gosh. I hope I wish top top half but maybe like 17 18 keep going no son of a uh, 23rd keep going 28 32nd there you go nick son oh, of a gun and meanwhile does anybody want to guess where new england ranks uh running the ball uh, like by third. DVOA? third they rank one mm. good matchup good matchup love they it are the best ranked team in like like by dvoa which it is early in the season so the metric will kind of It'll even out a little more as the year goes on. But right now, blowout stuff excluded, Green Bay is the worst-ranked defense against the run, and New England is the best-ranked offense running the ball. So Love to see is that. it going to be a three-pass game for Brian Hoyer? Probably not. But the, the numbers are there that do support the idea of just Bill Belichick saying, fine, you have Aaron Rodgers, and you have an offense, and you have these guys. If we can just slow you down a little bit, which is really easy to do when we just run a, run the ball for 10 minutes on a drive and then kick a field goal, you got to go down and do the same thing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I wish you didn't sound so right on this one, Gage. Honestly, I wish you, yeah, I wish yeah, you could be, say you're way, way wrong. Debbie Downer. Like, this is the first time for everything. That is the last time for like two months that I'll be right. And I'm very <laughs> happy that I was just like, you know, I'm just going to go look. Hopefully I'm wrong on these DVOA things. And I was like, I'm not wrong. I am extremely right. <laughs> well, well, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, you know, the one thing, if there is one thing to be afraid of, of the Patriots right now, I mean, I don't think it has I don't think it carries as much weight as it used to but I mean Bill Belichick is still probably the best coach in the league as far as you know getting the most out of his players out of his roster it doesn't necessarily always equate to wins but I mean if you had to I mean I was thinking as you were going through those DVOA numbers maybe he doesn't maybe Belichick doesn't look at that but I'm certain somewhere in his research for this game, he knows that that's his, that's his matchup. And so I would assume he's going to try to exploit it as best he can. Um, it's just whether or not he can actually do that. So, uh, and it, the other thing that I would say to just maybe, you know, as far as just what the eyes tell you from watching games, this defense from week one to week two to week three has gotten better each week, in my opinion. Um, they they seem to be figuring things out. So if that trend continues and Brian Hoyer is not looking good throwing the ball, I mean, yeah, they may run 38 times, but who knows what that's going to amount to. So is this a big um, TJ Slayton game then? If that that's going to be, we might be seeing a lot of him on that field. It's a big boy. <laughs> I would, for one would love a just giant like Green Bay game. Like when I, when I say that, I mean like the large package Green Bay game. Let's see less defensive backs. Let's just see a ton of just you can't. There's there's an old saying you can't teach size, and Green Bay has got some thick boys up the middle. Like Quay Walker is a humongous human being. He he's not he's not of this earth. He doesn't make any sense. Like he's he's huge. T.J. Slayton also large large man. Kenny Clark way faster than he should be for how big he is. Yeah, just get Very real true. big and just try. Yeah, big boy him. Because, I mean, this New England offensive line is good, but they're not as yeah. good as they were for like 30 years when they had Dante Skarnakia coaching them. Because he's gone. You think this is a game where we're going to miss? Patricia is your offensive line coach. I, I think that that is a matchup that favors Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Is this a – this would be a game where I, I would love to see if we – like Chris Barnes to still be out there, kind of how we saw week one with that three-linebacker set. Like seeing Quay – Barnes and Campbell on the field together to help go against that run would have been glorious, but hopefully later in the season, we get to see that again. And just as a weird aside, Jimmy, just to go off of that, it's fun to watch the green Bay Packers with two linebackers out there that you feel confident doing anything. I love it. Like, I mean, it, 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 again, the last time green Bay had a linebacker this good was what? Probably Nick Barnett. I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm missing anybody. Um, so it's, it's been a while and to have two of them out there again, like where you're just watching those two guys run around and you're just like, Hey, like, I actually feel that like you're going to do something and not just like whiff on a tackle. Um, 
you know, nice to see. Let's take a look at the offensive side of the ball here. Um, Romeo Dobbs had a a coming out party last week in Tampa. He uh, there's that stat and that uh, that uh, what is now kind of a meme of Aaron Rodgers' face. Uh, being the first receiver since 2018 not named Devontae Adams to have eight receptions <laughs> in a game. Um, I think it speaks a little bit to the issues of Green Bay's offensive problems in certain games in the past that Devontae Adams is the only receiver since 2018 to have eight receptions in a game, even when he's been injured. But uh, he he looked good. The offense looked really good in the first half up until that fumble, and then it went downhill and – some of that is all credit to Tampa Bay and and Todd Bowles and their defense. Um, obviously, they've got a great defense. Would have liked to have seen less offensive struggles than what it was because it it felt kind of like the 49er game last year where the 49er game, they had that, that first drive. They went right down the field on the Niners and scored, and it looked easy. And then they got the ball back right away and they went, they were going down the field and Mercedes Lewis fumbled the ball and the offense didn't look remotely the same from that moment on kind of felt the same way with Aaron Jones and his fumble last week. But you know, it's again, this is another example of week one, the offense looked pretty bad. Then week two, it looked better, albeit against a bears defense that isn't great. And then, Again, last week, at least in the first half, I mean, I would, if you had asked me, would Green Bay just go right down the field on their first two drives and score touchdowns and potentially just go right down the field on their third drive and score potentially a third touchdown against this Bucks defense? I would have said absolutely no way. Like, I figured Green Bay, you know, we had like scores of like 21 to 13. And I figured Green Bay wouldn't have scored till somewhere in the second quarter would have you know done something in the third quarter it would have taken a long time instead of blasting right out of the gate but Jimmy you know again what do you expect to see from the offense this week it seems to slowly be getting better everybody is that's not on IR is playing this week so I mean you're going to have Christian Watson back which is going to be nice Romeo Dobbs is looking like he's you know kind of a blooming blooming star uh randall cobb had a really good game last week and then alan lazard uh you know puking aside still looks <laughs> like he could be you know not a complete replacement for Devonte adams but he's looking pretty good yeah uh you would you would think with the packers all the emphasis on the run like that'd be the game plan going into this but the thing and i've said this on a couple shows now the thing with bill belichick is he is a mastermind at taking away your best weapon or best option uh, and I think he's really going to focus on minimizing Aaron Jones effect on the game and what he can contribute. Say, not saying he's going to be able to stop him, but if anyone's going to be able to limit him, it is Bill Belichick. Um, I think, I think this is going to be a, a time for Rogers to kind of bring that passing game together. The Patriots corners really aren't that great. You have Jalen Mills, who's given up 173 yards already this season. Uh, their slot corner, Miles Bryant, 68 yards. QBs have like 116 pass rating against him. Small guy, it could be a big Alan Lazard game working out of that slot. Have Christian Watson on the outside again and Dobbs doing his his beautiful stuff from last week. Like I think this could really be a time for that passing game to get start clicking. Um, or start clicking, that was a horrible way to say that. Uh, we saw last week, we tried with the run game. That defense was so. That defense is so good, though. Uh, we had some success with some passes. Dobbs had some good ones. Lazard had that one at the end of the game. But I really think 
I know we have the focus on the run. I think it's going to be minimized. And I think this is going to be an Aaron Rodgers 2022 coming out party with this new offense. Well, engage. I mean, you know, the running game, you know, last week, it felt like they kind of got away from it in the second half. I would have liked them to have run the ball a little bit more than they did. But I mean, we obviously know that, like Jimmy said, that Bill Belichick, he's going to take away your best player. Um, but I mean, right now to do that, he's going to have to somehow take away Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon and Alan Lazard. Not that he can't do that, but um, you know, Green Bay has been using a lot of that two running back package where Jones and Dillon are on the field at the same time. Do you see the Packers kind of getting back more to the run game uh, that they kind of got away from last week? I think that'd be really smart too. I mean, again, going back to DVOA, which is not a flawless metric, New England's ranked 28th against the run. So neither one of the defenses in this game are particularly great at stopping the run, but New England is like New England. Oh, wait, I misspoke. They're 29th against the run. They're Meanwhile, they're 16th against the pass. So they're middle of the pack against the pass, 29th against the run. Um, also, Jimmy mentioned Jalen Mills. Uh, Jalen Mills, even if he does play in this game, well, is questionable right now. Um, he's currently dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, he was limited in practice all week. So he does have that working against him. We've already talked about how Jair has a soft tissue injury that's that could very well hold him out. Um, we're sitting here and we're looking at a team that, yeah, that's their thing. They want to take away whatever it is you do the best. The Packer offense last week, in my opinion, when they looked the best in those first two games and his first two drives, they were throwing the ball and getting the ball out quick, which is exactly what I'd said to Jimmy when we re-recorded Saturday's or Sunday's episode last week. Get the ball out of Rodgers' hands quick. Let the receivers make plays. And that's exactly what happened, and that's exactly what they were doing. They were dicing up the Bucks' defense, not letting the pass rush get there. This Bucks pass or this Patriots pass rush isn't as good. Um, I think that they have some talented players on the defense, but it's not nearly as good as the one that the Bucks are have, and it's also not as blitz heavy as the Bucks are. The Bucks just tend to blitz and bring back uh, exotic rushes a lot more than New England does. I think that the, I think the Packers can move the ball against this defense basically however they want to, but uh, I think that focusing on the ground game is the way to do it because you can it eliminates the risk of Rodgers and a receiver having mis- miscommunication which is going to happen when he doesn't have a ton of chemistry with this group that's just how it is this like he hasn't gotten a ton of reps in it's going to take him a little bit to get completely in sync with these guys so rather than letting Belichick throw an exotic scheme at you that confuses either Rodgers or a receiver you can ride your two running backs and really get A.J. Dillon going. I think that this could be a huge A.J. Dillon game. I know you said, Jimmy, that this could be the Aaron Rodgers breakout week. I think this could be the week where Green Bay gets up by like 10 to 14, and then A.J. Dillon just goes into, just it just becomes a literal truck and just drags the, de- it drags the team. I think that he could have a very, very big day, um, and he could score once or twice even. Like if he just because I think that he can wear down a defense so much, and then if they're getting battered by him and Aaron Jones for four quarters, they're going to wear out, and he could just have a really big day, and everyone's going to be like, "Oh man, Aaron Jones wasn't really great this week." It's like, yeah, because AJ Dillon got all of the fourth quarter work because that's what he's built for. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it'd be great to get back to the running game. Um, I'm sure they're going to be heavily featured. Jones and Dylan this week. And again, I think the offense is just, again, every week they're going to get better and better, you know, again, to have 
Romeo Dobbs be your leading receiver last week for him to only be in his third game. The fact that Aaron trusts him enough to throw the ball to him, you know, that chemistry is obviously developing there. Randall Cobb is, you know, at least being a somewhat of a security blanket for, for Rogers right now. I think this offense, we're just going to see it get better and better every week. And I still think it's going to be for the next couple of weeks, it's going to be a run oriented offense over passing just while they're figuring out some of that chemistry, but it would also be nice to see the Packers and Aaron get Christian Watson, uh, you know, more into the mix. I know he didn't play last week, but uh, you know, just any more reps that he can get and the more, um, the more comfortable he can get with Rogers and Rogers can get with him. That's going to just help this offense down the road. So uh, real quick gauge, uh, let's just do some predictions here real quick. What are you seeing for this game tomorrow? Uh, so I have Green Bay winning. Um, I'm just, I'm not that impressed by what I've seen in New England early on this season. Um, I don't think they're going to magically fix all of those issues, especially with uh, Mac Jones out of the lineup. Cause I don't think Mac Jones is their problem. Um, I just think that, Green Bay is the better team right now. I think they're going to remain the better team moving forward, and I think that this is just going to be another week where they really just put their defense, puts a cap on whatever New England tries to do, and they just kind of silently just snuff them out. I, and, I mean, people are going to be like, oh, well, Green Bay only won by, like, nine against a backup quarterback and an offense that's not very good. And it's like, yeah, but the game wasn't as close as that final score might indicate. So, ultimately, I have Green Bay winning. Uh, 23 to uh, 10. I think that New England's able to get a touchdown. I think they're able to get in the field goal range once, maybe. Uh, but I don't think they're able to move the ball a whole lot. I think that Green Bay just has a lot of long, sustained drives, and New England does the same. Like, even if New England doesn't get a lot of long drives into Packer territory to where they score, I think that they just run the clock down a lot. I think they run the ball a lot and keep the clock moving. And so it ends up being a relatively low-scoring game that Green Bay only wins by 13, but they, I think that it's not nearly that close. All right, and Jimmy, what do you got for this game? Yeah, I'm I'm changing my my prediction. I did on uh, Packaday Happy Hour on Friday with Herman and them. Um, he mentioned too, it's it's kind of hard to completely blow out Belichick. Like he's going to find a way to be somewhat competitive, even if it's it's make it look competitive. Uh, and after Gage talking about that run, the running offense will probably be a big focus for the Patriots. Uh, I think we still win it pretty, pretty easily. I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as a game as I initially thought. Uh, I'm going to go with the Packers 24 uh, Patriots 13. All right. Yeah. I'm with you there, Jimmy Engage. Uh Again, green Bay seems to be the better team. You're at home. You know, again, this isn't the Patriots that we've been used to seeing for the last 20 years. Still a good team, good coach, but Green Bay is just the better team. And, Jimmy, I'm just three points ahead of you. I'm 27-13 Green Bay over the Patriots. So Green Bay should be 3-1 and one after this Sunday. But, you know, again, that's why they play the games, right? So tune in. Make sure you're watching. Um, and real quickly, guys, before we wrap up here, Jimmy, if people want to follow your work, get in touch with you, how can they do that? Uh, follow me on Twitter, Jimmy underscore C08, Lombardi's Bar every Wednesday. Sign up for the Kenny Clark Sackathon if you are willing to to pledge some money to his foundation, as well as on brand off topic every Tuesday, and then this beautiful pack a day crew on Sunday. All right, engage. If people want to get in touch with you, follow your work. How can they do that? 
As always, they can follow me on Twitter at GBridge for NFL. All of my work, whether it's with Rotoballer or Denver Stiffs or Packaday, all of the all of the links to that are all on my Twitter. I have a weekly betting column that comes out on Saturday mornings. I have a pass rush versus quarterback matchup piece that comes out on Fridays. And then um, beginning this week, I will be doing my Film Friday segments for Denver Stiffs every single week. Uh, and like I said, all links on my Twitter. All right. Awesome. And you can follow me on Twitter at uh, producer Nick LB and uh, putting out some content of my own. I, I like the radio calls uh, from Wayne Larravee and the rock. So that's what I, that's what I've been trying to put together right now. I have it on a SoundCloud. I'm thinking that I might need to change that to something else though. Cause that doesn't, uh, that seems very not 2022 uh, website material, but uh, I'm going to be hopefully getting that out every week moving forward here. So if you're interested in just hearing some of the the more important calls of the game, I'll put together about usually a two to three minute clip of that every week. So, and I will post that to my Twitter. So, uh, with that being said, thank you, Gage, Jimmy, for great content again today. Um, and again, here's to hoping that Green Bay's three and one beating the Patriots. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Enjoy the game today, and as always, go Pack Go! headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos my patriot supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company americans trust to prepare go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com